Bill, and then this is so he gets my face on record for the no sex in five years. Um, he wants a good, you know, facial recognition algorithm to be created for that. I, I don't know, this symmetry of a person like stop inconveniencing every. Okay, I don't need to show like anger is the most boring, the boring thing, but I was annoyed. I was annoyed. I actually, I was annoyed and I wanted to ex explain. So, of course, I, I took it to work with me and just let it out on the people. And it worked. The poor innocent bystanders are always the ones that take all the, the heat from driving the commute that we all encounter and all this bullshit. The innocent people at our jobs are the ones who pay the price. I'm here, I'm here, to, I'm here to say tonight. Poor people. Uh, guess that's not much. All right, I'm gonna just go on. So, so thanks, a million, you guys. Really liked, really like being up. Guys, be fun. And stay tuned for Keith's uh, comedy record, Soapbox. Make some noise if you come silently, just for your partner, so they'll know you're involved because they care about you and they want you to have a good time. The next comedian is Marcus. Thank you. Thank you, Mutiny Radio. Maybe I'll leave it in the leave it in the stand today. I've never. Um, all right, got my phone. Press the button. Mutiny Radio. Uh, it's good to be here. I. It's definitely not what you're supposed to do. It's just you just have the st whole microphone stand hanging off the microphone. It's out of fear. No, it's. I mean, I don't know if it was you. I just. I'm just like too. I'm too jittery to. I, I can't be like. All right. Like I, I'm. I'm. You guys are so important to me, my audience. I don't want to just make you wait while I adjust the mic. I need to uh, keep you with me. No. Okay. Now, now that I say it that way. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hang on a second. Go like this. So just I'm expressing myself with my with my body right now, so just don't you know, don't feel like I'm fucking you. I'm, I'm like taking this thing apart. I, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. All right, well just what's that? It's the physical comedy podcast. Physical comedy podcast. <laughs> Ah, uh, shit. I, it's, it's great to fucking be here. I want to thank Mutiny Radio for letting me do bad comedy. It's, it's like, it's not really comedy. You can't really call this comedy. I, I don't know if you can call it, it's like somewhere between bad comedy and not comedy, right? Like, but I think I was... As, bad comedy. As, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's... That's that. That's how something something great could have just been born right there. Like that's what that's it. That's what I'm gonna call it from now on. That's my new club, my my show. Not bad comedy. As long as you don't start doing like I don't. You don't have to make people laugh. You just have to not do anything. Don't don't play any other game with them. Like you know and and for five dollars I you can buy this. You know you just no don't do that and you're okay. Uh, I think I think. So um I, I turned forty this year. Turned forty, yeah. Um, so it's uh, it, and I noticed nothing special about it at first, like which is normal, you know. It's like okay, you know, it's just who who fucking counts? Like animals don't count, you know. Like they don't know when they turn forty, right? So like, why should our my essence change when you know I counted exactly that much time on the year? Like maybe it's not even right. Like maybe our clocks are wrong or something like that. I don't know. It's very it's very arrogant for me to think that I know how old I am. Um, anyway, uh, but after like six, seven months in, I noticed, so one thing I noticed is that like, there's like a little less, like when I was in my thirties, I still felt the pressures of like my twenties. You know what I mean? Like, like, uh, like there's, I still, oh, I still felt like, shut up mom and dad. Don't tell me what to do. Like that was still a thing. And now I catch myself. I'm like, shut up mom. Oh wait, I'm 40, you're 70, 79, like I can't, it doesn't make sense for me to, I don't know, or you know, like the whole, this, the, the, yeah, the dynamic's different, I don't, I don't, they're, they're like, uh, you know, this, they're, I mean, they're still, they're still, they still want to, like, 
my mom wants me to come over for dinner. I'm an only child. Uh, and she's like, you know, they, she wants me to sit in the same seat between her and my dad, you know, and then they like have some more, you know, have some more food and have, you know, do the, have some, have some, if you have any, you know, and, and then they're like, and then they ask a lot of questions about my life that don't really seem to make me feel like, I'm here. I am. This is me being critical of my parents. Like anybody gives a shit. It's like, and it's such bullshit criticism. They didn't beat me or anything like that. But it's like, oh, the questions you're asking, the considerate questions you're asking, they aren't really caring. You know, they're just like, you're just asking me all these details. Like, did you have a meeting at work? Like, were they, you know, did you, was the was the meeting was was it too long or was the meeting how 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 are the meetings? You know, what 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 else happened to you at work? You know, did the kids treat you know anyway? And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm just. But at 40, it's like, like, oh, I don't, it really doesn't seem, yeah, I I don't know. I want to say I'm getting, like, I I know the right response is to be mature. Like, there's no, there's all the things that I was supposed to be doing. Like, I was, this is the weirdest one. This is the weirdest one. Like, fucking as many women as possible is not as much of a, like, a motivator anymore. Like, or it's starting to get less. It's starting to get less. Like, just starting. Like, it's like this, you know, because everything happens late for me. Like, like when I turned 30, it was like, holy shit, I haven't, you know, I need to start. What am I doing? I need to fuck more women. I can't, you know. Thank you. Oh, my God. Or masturbate on stage or something. I don't know. No, I, that's not a good joke. That's not funny. Hello, you know, whatever. I have this whole Louis C.K. is not a bad person uh, bit, but. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, this is this. We'll, we'll do. Yeah, because I think I think the forty stuff is over. We got we got it. Forty. You know. All right. So. Um, all right, Louis C.K. Uh, I'm not mad at Louis C.K. because. All the things he, the things he did were things that I could imagine my friends daring me to do, and me being like, like, oh, I shouldn't do that. Like, so, um, I mean, because there's all the uh, there's all the like the things where you um, there, there there's all the women that he asked to be masturbate in front of, but that's just like you know guys asking women if they could you know hey, do you want to fuck? Like he had a weird fetish, but it's like it's not like all those incidences were like. They wouldn't. They wouldn't have published the story. So the the main thing with Louis was the the headshot was the uh, the two women that he masturbated in front of. Right. Those are the two. That's the, that's the big story with Louis. That's that's like why the story got published. Right. So um, so it's like in in this case, I can imagine doing it because it's like. Um, this is one of the weird circumstances. Like if you if you kill two people, that's worse than killing one person, right? You, agree, you guys agree? Everybody? Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. <laughs> which people? Good point. But if you masturbate in front of two people, I would argue that's less bad than masturbating in front of one person. So like the 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 thing where he. And you know, because this is obviously a bad. It was bad that he that he asked, but then they laughed, and then he just started doing it without you know saying, "Hey, what you know, what once you stop laughing, you know, no, really, I was serious. Yes or no? Can I do it?" But like, but since there were, but then once the fact, given the fact that he did it, the fact that there were two of them there, like, it's just like he makes he made himself like the. Uh, Anyway, I, I think th- I think I'm getting lost in the weeds here. Yeah, like uh, maybe <laughs> we're close. Are we close? <laughs> close to where this is funny? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so one thing about Louis is that like I I went and look I look him up all the time like to see if he's you know rumors of him coming back or whatever. And I heard one that he might be thinking about coming back, and I was disappointed because I want to work on this material about him for longer. Like at first I was like, oh, he should. I, I don't he shouldn't have to leave he should he should come back soon but then I'm like I like talking about him and then, like I, I wouldn't want the the whole dynamic to shift until I work out this this bit I I, <laughs> I have one I had one bit where I was gonna um, I want to write a story about where he comes and visits me here and I like spends a week with me in my life and like we we like spend a week together as like bros and he like you know comes with me to mutiny open mic or or uh, comes with me to you know my support groups or that just sounded so pathetic I just stop at support groups uh, I, I I don't I, if he suggested it sure you know I don't think I would put I don't I'm not 
it wouldn't be it's not like yeah. <laughs> I don't know was, all right all right I think my time's just about up I thought I had something something good at the end right, I guess I don't um, but it was really oh yeah oh yeah help me uh, I'm, I'm lost in my body and then I don't know how to get out help me all right thank you it's like a Caitlyn Jenner situation. Uh, the fact is that Louis can sell whatever he wants on his website, and he can do whatever he wants. So that's whatever it is. Um, now, is that morally right? I don't know, man. What does it take? Like, what does it take to sell out? Um, like, if I say I don't want to do it, will it work more? Or should I say I want to I don't, I do. I'm scared. Like, oh, I want, I kind of want it. Don't sell out. Would never. What? I wouldn't. Not for $10 million. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't sell out for $10 million. Would never do it. Um... In whiteface, with that, would never do whiteface for twenty million dollars. Would never do whiteface for twenty million dollars. Wouldn't, uh, would not, definitely wouldn't do porn. Not for any price. Not for fifty million dollars. Um, I'm broke, guys. This is a really weird mic. Stand. It really is a very strange mic stand. Um, I know you signed up, but I'm not there. I'm here, so like we have a sort of a stalemate. Um, <laughs> just kind of burn some time. I think Nickelodeon is responsible for my bukkake fetish. You can't do that on television. Just for the record, I don't approve of Louis C.K. masturbating in front of people, but if you can't ask for permission to do stuff, then I'm not really sure how we operate this system, dog. And that is reductionist. Um, if I confess everything I did, Mutiny Radio would get shut down. Um, I assume, or they would try it again. What's your, na what's your name? Ben. Ben! Hey guys, I'm Ben G. All right, great to see some women out, you know? Um, got some diversity. There's a woman at my last set, she had a sweatshirt on that said, women's rights are human's rights. And I really agree with that, you know? Especially because women have been humans for like three years now, or at least the last four. So we need to get on board with that as men. Um, something about me is um, I am Mexican and I took one of those ancestry tests and it said I was gay so I wrote them a letter and I was like you're wrong just like my father <laughs> but let's face it they're probably right um, <laughs> no it's it's great I have a kid is something I'd say if my life sucked I live on my friend's couch is something I actually say because my life sucks. Um, I am new to the city. I just moved here a couple months ago from LA. Um, one of the things I've noticed you guys do here is a lot of eye contact. You know, We don't do that down in Southern California. Um, I might look at my lover in the eyes when I'm entering them, but other than that, this whole eye contact thing is pretty new to me. You know, I've noticed that the parking scene is a lot like the dating scene here in San Francisco. You guys notice this? All the good spots are taken, and the only open ones are red zones. And you don't want to park there, you guys. You'll get a ticket. Hey, and it's just a prescription for chlamydia, you know? You got to stay safe. Um, you guys use dating websites? Anybody? Yeah, no? I was using JDate for a while, you know, it's where Jewish people can meet. Um, but I got banned because although my nose says that I'm Jewish, my foreskin doesn't. So once they found out I was lying, they told me. Yeah. No, you know, you, you have to be circumcised to be Jewish. That's part of the whole joke. I guess it takes another layer. Oh, no, no, no. You know, I was thinking about the other day, um, I think Jesus might have been gay, and he told some Romans to nail him, and they just misinterpreted it. 
yeah sing <laughs> so um but yeah uh it's great coming up here and listening to comics talk about their problems you know like i was molested or i wasn't molested or i wasn't molested enough you know the camp counselor never chose me and i'm still kind of wondering why to this day no just me um you know, I recently came out to my parents, not as gay, but as a comic. <laughs> I wish I had come out as gay. There might have been less tears, you know. Um, I'm still hiding the gay thing from them, so. But, um, no, it's been great. They they totally accept it. Uh, I do like to follow in Jesus' footsteps, you guys. You know, I hang out with a lot of prostitutes, mostly because they're my coworkers. So it's been good, San Francisco. Um, you know, my grandmother, she turned 87 recently. And it was a pretty big deal for us. She got cancer. And she went into remission. And then right around Thanksgiving, she got cancer again. And luckily, she went into remission. And the third time she got cancer was right around Christmas. And I went up to her and I told her, Grandma, you're going to have to get a new reason for us to call you because this is just the same thing over again. Um, let's see what else. You know... The city's pretty weird, man. I go to these parties, and I always end up near the snack table petting a dog. Even if they don't have a dog, it just kind of knows that I'm there and it shows up. You guys ever notice how pets can sense debilitating loneliness in a person? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly where I'm at. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, it's hard living in San Francisco. Things are, things are crazy here. Um, I saw a man taking a shit on the street the other day and, uh, you know, I thought about it and I was like, seems like a pretty good idea. I see why these guys do it. Um, my friend wanted to smoke some weed the other day. He's like, hey man, you want to try this weed and get high? It'll make you wish you weren't high. I was like, what the fuck? Why would I want to get? Why would I want to do something that makes me wish I didn't just do that? If I wanted to do that, I'd go online and hook up with someone random, you know. Um, one of the things about all these new cars today is that they have cruise control, and I wish I had cruise control because I always end up in uh, Castro late at night, and it's not good for me. No, you guys don't get that one. <laughs> Uh, that's been my five minutes. I'm Benji. Thanks. I like to cruise at Pride, but not successfully. Mike Spiegelman. Hi. What's up, guys? I'm all sweaty. I walked two blocks, and I didn't stop. The trick is never to stop. I, a little bit about myself. Uh, I've been doing comedy for a while. I opened for a X-rated hypnotist, is what I tell the cops when they catch me fucking dogs in the park. I can't help it. It was a night in Modesto. I'll never even forget. Hope you don't mind. I have my joke book here on my hand, because unlike you comics, I have to uh, bring my joke book on stage because during my performance, I might actually think of a joke and I want to write it down. It's the least I can do. A little more about myself. I just got Netflix. If you guys want to know more about it, check out my show on Netflix. Mike gets Netflix. It's on Netflix. We're on season three, story arc. I get Netflix, which is quite a buildup from the first two seasons. I had an analog TV, then I went digital antenna. It's all there. You could just been watch me getting Netflix. I uh, I just watched the Emoji Movie, but I watched it on an old DVD player, so all the characters were boxes with X's in them. Didn't know what they were saying. I had to use the context of the words to figure out what the character they were. 
Who else watches the Emoji Movie? Just me? It's uh, quite a bun. I hope you don't mind. I got my notebook. I can't fool anybody in San Francisco. If you see a guy with my build and my age and my hairstyle walking around the streets with a lollipop in his mouth, I'm not Kojak. I'm not trying to stop smoking cigarettes. I have a fucking pot lollipop in my mouth. How fucking obvious is that? You think some guy walking down like me with a lollipop in his mouth is just enjoying a lollipop? No. I keep a, a weed diary. Does anyone keep a weed diary? It's great. <clears throat> you write my weed diary, and then every page, every time you get oh, some weed, you write down the name of the strand, and then you write what kind is it? Sativa, hybrid, indica. And then you write down the aroma. Is it like pine, chocolate? And then the taste, the first hit. Then you rate the body high, the head high. <laughs> Physical comedy. And then you uh, write down your initial takes, your final takes, and then you write down the amount of money you spent on the eighth. And then when you finish, you have just completed a $1,000 notebook. I look at my notes and I go, God, I had so much money back then. This page alone is worth 80 bucks. Problem solved. I don't read, I don't understand comic books. I don't read the thought bubbles. It's none of my business. Let Batman be Batman. I go to the library a lot. I always like to go to the librarian desk and ask questions. They'll say, can I help you? I go, yeah, can I use your microwave? Your, your microwave, your librarian, microwave in the librarian lounge? And they said, sir. I said, oh, I'm sorry. Can I use your microwave in the librarian's lounge? No. Is it because it's noisy? Is it one of those old microwaves that have a timer clock on it instead of like a digital display? Those are scary. I don't know why people say plot and pornography is uh, thrilling. I find it disgusting. Probably the most famous pornography movie shot in San Francisco is a film called Beyond the Green, Behind the Green Door. And it has a story. And the story is, there's a man eating breakfast at a San Francisco diner, and two brothers, the Mitchell brothers, come in there, and they tell the guy, you won't believe the show we saw last night. This burlesque show, this woman from the audience walked on stage, four nuns ate her out, three guys had sex with her, and then she had an orgy on trapeze. So fucking disgusting. That guy is trying to eat his breakfast. He's trying to eat scrambled eggs. He doesn't want to hear about that. Is it a bottomless cup? That's what I want to know in the morning. It's icky. Man, I can't believe I didn't do any of these jokes yesterday. <laughs> my wife's an editor, and she always uh, corrects me, my English. But I think it's a little excessive. I said, honey, let's go whenever you want. And she said, whenever. Mike, it's pronounced whenever. Because of the prepositional positioning. Hi, Cassandra. How are you? No need to invite me to your shows. I'm glad you're doing sets. Before I go, no, I'm kidding. I'm a comedian. If you want to invite me to a show, <clears throat> my uh, my niece tries to get stuff from me. She say, "Hey, Uncle Mike, you're an old school gamer. You're OG gamer, right? You used to stand in front of the arcade machines and play." I go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." She goes, "Well, get me a Nintendo Switch." Well, how much is it? She goes, "It's three hundred dollars." I go, "What? Twelve hundred quarters?" Look, the only way we're going to break even if we play 601 games of doubles. WK told me to go long. Did you guys know that the Mile High Club and the Let's Fuck in the Public Bathroom While Kids Outside Wait to Go Pee Club? It's the same club. You Sam Rockwell wannabe? The movie Choke. Speaking of Choke, let me close on a Choke. Oh, he's in some good movie. Do you ever seen Choke? I love Choke. Yeah, <laughs> me too. 
I love that movie. All right, that's been my time. Thank you very much. I really enjoy Mike Spiegelman's character of a man who has not killed himself yet. It's, I find it moving. <laughs> um, if there was any banks I'd like to rob, it's Jackson Richard Banks. Hell yeah, thank you. Thank you for that throwback to before grade school with the banks jokes. That was insane. Love you, buddy. The energy in here is phenomenal. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Doggy, how you doing? I had to meditate to not get pissed about the dog being in here. I really breathed in the space. I love your dog. Come here, buddy. Come here. I'm your new master. Buzz, no, let's, let's just forget about it. You, know, you can't work with animals or children in show business. I went to a funeral uh, over the weekend. A, a friend died, more of a friend of a friend, but I decided to go and, and pay my respects to this guy. I mean, this shirt was his, so if I didn't go and, and, and worship his corpse, then, you know, I probably would have been haunted. So, but I get word about the funeral like the night before, so I drove through the night to Utah to get to this funeral. And so I'm not sleeping a wink, I'm just, you know and the, the crazy eyes and uh, along the way I'm like almost dying and I'm just like man it would be so poetic if I fucking died on the way to a on the way to a funeral dog that'd be so cool and eventually I was like nah I, I can do better on the on the death I can do better so I make it to the funeral um, some things happen I get caught looking at a girl's cleavage in the viewing room uh so there's my friend's corpse here, and the cleavage is here, and I just like, and then life finds a way. Finds a way. He, even in death, he uh, he knew how to inspire me. But uh, he had a young son. Uh, he had a young son, and sometimes we'd be sitting around getting baked, uh, and I'd be like, "How high are you, man?" And he'd be like, "I miss my son." So he had a young son, and during the speech, and apparently he his the mother of this child did not want him around the kid. So during the speech, his sister gave, shut the fuck up, during the speech his sister gave, just love me, okay? During the speech his sister gave, she came out and she was like, during, she was like, Micah, he, he was grossly and unjustly denied his right to be a father. And I was just like, holy shit, here we go, his baby mama's gonna stand up and, and be like, fuck you bitch, that's my baby. Nothing, nothing. Because the baby mama and the child are not at the funeral. They're not there. He's, he's just been cast aside as fucking trash. And it, was, it fucking it broke me. And the worst part of the fucking funeral was at the very end, after people are exchanging like these touching stories about this guy and his very unique life, the bishop, which is a pastor for Mormons, the bishop gets up and he's just like, he puts this religion stamp on it. He's just like, oh, and I hope we all remember uh, the sacrifice of, uh, of the Savior. And it's just, he just basically, he totally, he's basically like, hey, you know who your dead friend reminds me of? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you should check him out. He, he basically branded the funeral in the name of religion. Like, this human life brought to you by Mormonism. <laughs> Try it. <laughs> it really works. <laughs> So yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm not really a religious person. I don't necessarily not believe in God, but I think if he had anything to say to me, he would say it to my fucking face. You know, people are like, well, what would Jesus do? And I'd be like, he'd get the fuck out of my face. And then he'd go hang out with some hookers. And then I would follow him. And then when they came to put him on the cross, they'd be like, look, hey, thanks for the prostitutes. I gotta go. So yeah. Forgive me, Lord, but the uh, hookers were great. I have to go now. Not Maybe not a believer per se, but I got to go. Yeah. I, uh, I had a job interview recently. Uh, I, re I prefer Mike-less. What do you think of that? I, I really prefer... I know. 
but I prefer. I prefer. No. No. Well, we need it for the radio. Well, so I got a job interview the other day, and I should have known something was up because the dude interviewing me for the job met me at a bookstore and was like, hey, nice shoes, want a job? And I was like, sometimes things just work out, I guess, wow. And I get there, and it's this fucking creepy-ass pyramid scheme that's just like, man, you go, you rec all we do, we recommend insurance companies to people, so you re make one rec, that's like $300. You make another rec, that's $500 right there. Hey, you got any friends? Uh, yeah, I, I, I got a, my friend Joe. You got any friends? My friend Joe, call Joe. Call Joe right now. I, Joe's at work. He could be on break. Call Joe. And I'm, I call Joe. He doesn't pick up, obviously. They're like, you got another friend? Yeah, my roommate, Miles. Call Miles. Call Miles right now. And I call him, and Miles is just like, I'm at medical school. Fuck off. And then, uh, basically, yeah, salesmen. When you're dealing with a salesman, you're dealing with a very dangerous animal. When a salesman is a wounded animal, like backed into a corner and forced to sell in order to live. And when I was thinking about this, I realized that's what a corporation is, is a giant person backed into a corner who must sell to live. Just in the middle of the town square, just like, hey, this guy's got fears. What's going on? You got fears. What's going on? Sir, don't you dare stop thinking about fucking. Don't you dare stop thinking about fucking. Everybody wants to fuck. Come on, let's go. Cheeseburgers, come on. Please love me. You're flawed. You're flawed. You're incomplete. Come on, everybody. Everybody loves corporation, man. Come on. Ladies love it. Ladies love it. And then he realizes he's not a person. He just evaporates. He's like, no. Yeah. Christ. It's more fun without a mic. I think. I'm then going into the headset business. This is a crutch. It's bullshit. Uh how do I how do I end this perfect set? You know, I don't know what to do. Where 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 sir, are you in the tech industry? Good. You you just, you just walk kill techies. That's why you're in the suit, so you can infiltrate their lair and kill them with your bare hands. Yeah, fuck it. That's a good life. Um, that's it for me, everybody. Thanks. All right, we're gonna just have an op an Oprah moment where we reflect on what we've learned and what we've done together. Um, you know, I heard a wrinkle in time isn't good. <laughs> well, so they make them all look like that, that like shiny thing, that like shiny Hunger Games thing. I don't know. I feel like they should shoot it in grim charcoal tones it's a very dark story right am i am i alone i read this book a lot and i th i thought it was terrifying when i was a kid it's very exciting it's almost like a sexual f fear you know like oh my father's gone but he's a genius he didn't just leave because he got someone else pregnant in florida he's being trapped in a prism because he, his mind, my father's mind, I'm a little boy and I am, I'm so, I, it's not that I don't have friends. I'm a, I'm a brilliant child. Um, it's nice. I'm going to try to work some stuff out. Uh, if you'll indulge me because I wrote, I wrote a joke down. Here we, here we are. Um, so I was at, at, delirium uh, the other day in the bathroom just taking in the art and this guy opened the stall and he clapped me on the back he was like hey you know uh, great show insincerely he said that and I was like dude you better wash your hands or sell me some coke I don't know if you heard about the woman uh, the the Disney employee who died in the car that she lived in, like in the parking lot of Disney the, this week. I guess it really is a small world when you live in your car in the parking lot of Disney. Like, I wonder where they'll find Mickey's corpse, you know? 
I feel like the least they could have done is cryogenically frozen her and then given her to Walt when they found a cure. Uh, I heard Susan B. Anthony's racist. Susan Bitch Anthony. Wow, that's certainly not the content I want to have on my podcast here at Women's Magazine. This is Global Val. Sorry I'm late. I've just had a lot of work to do, so I'm just cruising into the studio now. I do appreciate uh, whichever DJ it was who put on the night playlist. We do have a lot of comedy here at Mutiny Radio. It doesn't mean it's always funny. Um, But it is a beautiful day here in the Mission District, and I thank you so much for tuning in. And um, yeah, it's good to be here. Um, I'm going to play a little music for you, I think, and then uh, we'll get going. I've got a few announcements to make and, of course, a few comments to, to share. And uh, I hope you're doing well out there. Here we go. Just need a 
This is Global Val here, hanging out at Mutiny Radio here in the Mission District, 21st in Florida. It's a beautiful day outside. Happy summer to you all. It is Friday, July 27th, 2018, and uh, I just got in, so sorry for being late. I'm going to be doing a quick show here of Women's Magazine, and then, of course, the Common Thread Collective is coming up next uh, at 3 o'clock, so that is a community open mic. You're welcome to join us, and you know, I, there's so much going on here. Um, I, I'm actually going to be out of town this weekend, which kind of makes me sad because there's so many amazing things happening this weekend in and around the Bay Area. Uh, one of the things I wanted to let you know about is a very, very special event that's going to be happening at the Beat Museum in North Beach. That's right there on Broadway, um, just off of Columbus, just east of Columbus. Um, so, uh, you know, we always talk about the beat generation and we talk about the poets and we talk about Jack Kerouac and Allen Ginsberg and, of course, Lawrence Ferlinghetti, you know, setting up uh, City Lights books, um, you know, Michael McClure, um, Bob Kaufman, of course, uh, even, you know, Kenneth Rexroth and all these, all these, all these guys. Um, but um, so the women of the beat generation often get overlooked. And um, one of those uh, original beat ladies um, who some might say kind of helped originate the whole, you know, beat poetry with jazz uh, thing is none other than Ruth Weiss. Um, so at the Beat Museum this, this weekend, tomorrow, Saturday, July 28th, starting at 1 p.m., um, it is Ruth Weiss, it's Ruth Fest. Um, they are celebrating Ruth Weiss at 90 and the women of the Beat Generation. So it's, it's Ruth Weiss's 90th birthday party at the Beat Museum tomorrow. Um, definitely go out. Um, so they're celebrating Ruth Weiss and other women of the Beat Generation. Kathy Cassidy, Agneta Falk, Stephanie Heath, Nicole Hanaris. Well, the, not all of them are from the Beat Generation, but these are some of the women who are going to be included in this in this uh, showcase. Um uh, Nicole Hanaris, Brenda Knight, Mary Norbert Court, Marilyn Kriegel, Joanna McClure, Melody C. Miller, and Poet Laureate of San Francisco, Kim Shuck. Uh, there's also going to be a performance by the Ruth Weiss Quartet, which includes Doug O'Connor, uh, Rent Romus, and Hal Davis. So um, definitely check that out. Um, yeah just her 90th birthday party so they're gathering a few of her friends together for a very special performance to celebrate so it'll be an afternoon featuring poetry music and a sneak peek of a new documentary currently in production and a panel discussion on women of the beat generation um this is made possible with the generous support of the Margaret and William R. Hurst III Gift Fund um so the Beat Museum presents check out kerouac.com and it's at 540 Broadway uh, in San Francisco. So go on out and check out uh, Ruth Weiss and say hello. And thank you for thank her for her contributions and have a good time and educate yourself um, about the women who were very uh, much a part of the Beat Generation, not just all these dudes from the history books um, called literature of the 20th century. Anyhow, um, that's my plug. You know, I, I'm a teacher. And so I teach international adults. And, you know, a, 
people always come to San Francisco and, and you know for different reasons and uh, some folks are really looking for the culture of it and they look for the hippie culture and the music and you know they really want to know and, and then there's a lot of people who come for like the new culture and they're like oh it's so exciting because it's like a tech center and I'm like yeah great um, but um, so what I like to do is I like to bring them in and give them kind of a sense of place while they're learning English. So um, I, I've, I created a little poetry class that we do once in a great while where uh, we read some poetry and we work on language, you know, some vocabulary, some pronunciation, some rhyme. Um, and I, I, I ease them into it. You know, I give them a little Robert Frost, you know, who is a San Francisco born poet, of course, um, uh, indisputably of you know, fantastic poet and an influential uh, person. Um, but, you know, it's it's simple rhyming um, and, and very, you know, metered, uh, very structured poetry from Robert Frost. So it kind of gives them a little bit of something to hold on to, like, teacher, what is poetry? I'm like, well, let's start here. Um, but then we, you know, evolve over time a little bit and then... Um, I teach them about the beat generation, have them read about it a little bit. And then I teach them about Ruth Weiss. And I'll, we do this poem called Fire Works. Um, and it's a really great poem. And, and you can listen to um, Ruth um, perform that poem with jazz behind her. Um, so I recommend that you do that. But uh, it definitely breaks the mold of the old structure and as offering up something fresh and new, but insightful. Um, so yeah, go on out to the beat museum on Saturday and celebrate Ruth Weiss's 90th birthday. And just so you know, we're also listening to some music from the Troublemakers Union, um, a very cool ensemble um, that gets together here in the Bay Area. Um, so I'll be playing some Troublemakers Union throughout the afternoon. Um, I like to play it during the Common Thread Collective for sure, because, well, you know, we're the troublemakers and we want to change the world is, is one of their songs. So um, that's 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 kind of what we're all about here at Mutiny Radio. Um, yeah, again, I'm sorry you had to listen to that terrible comedy that was on the uh, the playlist before I showed up live today. I, I, I hope you weren't driven away too far. Um, the podcast will be up, but you can just tell your friends, you know, skip skip forward about half an hour. Anyhow, um, a few other things coming up in this 
just to share with you all in this abbreviated show because we won't be here next Friday um, the 3rd but Saturday the 4th is MAP the Mission Arts and Performance Project a community and a series of arts music and activist events um, it's been taking place in the mission for over 14 years it's always the first Saturday of the even numbered months and map is always free um so this map will this coming up will be saturday august 4th um if you want to check out the um schedule uh you can go to mapsf.com that's m-a-p-p for mission arts and performance project m-a-p-p-s-f.com um and the theme this this uh month is unity in resistance Actually, that was the June one. Pardon me. Um, I don't know what the theme is for this for this month yet. Um, but uh, its map is dedicated to cultivating, building, and defending the culture, history, character, and community in the Mission District. Um, so, all day, uh, and but focus in the evening next Saturday, August fourth, um, at places around the Mission. Again, you could uh, there's likely to be performances at the secret garden on Harrison pathos on Harrison. Um, they've had events, at the community music center on cap street before the red poppy art house was kind of the, the original hub of map, um, mission, mission cultural center for Latino arts, alley cat books, artillery gallery, sometimes, uh, Adobe books, um, noise bridge occasionally radio habana so all these spaces just open and become performance spaces um so it's a really cool thing to do um if you're local or if you have some friends from out of town to really give them a nice heaping spoonful of local culture so map mission arts and performance project next saturday Pardon me. Um, and like I said, I will not be here. We will not be doing uh, Women's Magazine or The Common Thread on August 3rd. That's next Friday. Um, but we will be back on August 10th because we're going to be doing shows every second and fourth Fridays of the month. So uh, I do have a few guests lined up for August already. I'm pretty excited to, to speak to these women. Um, I'm going to be speaking with... Um, one of the candidates for District 6 Supervisor, Sonia Trous, she's going to be my guest on Women's Magazine on August 10th. Um, so we'll get to know her a little bit. Um, I believe she's a little bit of a political outsider, but she also helped to co-found Yimby, the Yes in My Backyard. Uh, so so we'll, we'll get to know her a little bit. I've actually been kind of geeking out on SFGov TV. I know. <laughs> I mean, if you really want to like put put somebody to sleep, you could put on SFGov TV. But you know, I'm intrigued, you know, by what's going on and like how people make these decisions and the the types of pleas that people can come up with. Um, but you know what I've noticed about San Francisco is that no matter what the topic is, and no matter how broad or narrow the um, the issue may be. Um, Everyone is very sincere. So um, I appreciate that. I, I'm encouraged by that. You know, people really care. And uh, I wish more people cared. Anyhow, SFGov TV, <laughs> kind of a weird little lame, guilty pleasure. Um, but you do learn a lot. And so I happened to be watching it. And uh, Sonia Trouss, who's running for District 6, um, was up there on two different occasions trying to appeal um, to receive public financing, uh, which is like a public matching um, program for her campaign. Um, but due to some sort of clerical error on the part of her accountant, who she had hired to help her file the paperwork, um, and, and what you have to do online, um, there was some sort of technicality where the, um, application, uh, did not actually go through within the given amount of time and <clears throat> several appeals happened. And in the end, it went all the way to the ethics commission and they said, sorry, a deadline is a deadline. So, so new trust will not be receiving matching public funds, um, despite being one of really the only outside candidates that I'm aware of, uh, running for district six supervisor to replace Jane Kim, who will be termed out. So, Global Val's election season coverage continues August 10th with Sonia Trous. <clears throat> 
Um, also, on August 24th, That'll be the fourth Friday of August. Um, I've reached out to Tony uh, Eby from the San Francisco Safe House. Um, I was walking down the street the other day in the financial district, and I ended up buying a street sheet um, from a nice fellow. And it was a it was a back back issue to May, and um, uh, May of 2018. And I came upon this article titled Homeless Women, Women Say Me Too. Um, so it was written by Tony Ebby, uh, the outreach and training manager at San Francisco Safe House. Um, and I was really uh, moved um, to, to reach out and contact Tony um, because when we think about, you know, sexual harassment, um, which many people face, um, and we think about sexual assault, um, you know, but we have to understand that people who are on the streets are so, and sleeping on the streets are so much more exposed to, um, the p- potential harm and abuse. Um, so this article that, uh, Tony wrote, um, really kind of moved me. And so I reached out and so she's going to come in on uh, August 24th for women's magazine, <clears throat> And talk about San Francisco Safe House, which is celebrating its 20th anniversary this year. Um, so it's it's a program that helps um, homeless women kind of get off the streets, get on their feet. Um, they go through a program, and um, it's been going strong for 20 years. So San Francisco Safe House will get a chance to um, highlight here at Mutiny Radio, Ooh, right here in this very room from which I'm speaking to you somewhere out there. I know we're streaming around the planet on the internet on mutinyradio.fm, and I certainly thank you for tuning in. I know we just have a couple more minutes, so I apologize for my little throat clearing. Um, We can certainly get into more of this in more depth in uh, the next show, Common Thread Collective. Um, some, Some local, national, and international news um, locally, uh, last Sunday, there was a, a, a random violent attack on BART, um, against, against some sisters, uh, who were getting off the BART train and a man attacked them with a knife, killed one of the sisters, stabbed the other one, um, who then was held her baby sister in her arms as she died on the platform. Um, and there've been, there's been a huge outpouring for this family. Um, Nia Wilson was the 18 year old young woman who was, uh, stabbed and killed. Um, her 26 year old sister, Latifa Wilson was with her, um, and is recovering from her injuries as well. Um, and this is what, um, Latifa Wilson said, um, she said, as young black women, we shouldn't have to look behind our back. You know, we should be living freely like everybody else. He just felt upon himself to take his anger or whatever the case may be out on some innocent women. So they finally arrested this guy, um, like a day later. So it was really strange that he was able to actually escape, um, to, to leave the, the station. Um, and then apparently he, you know, discarded a bag, which had some of his personal information in it. Um, so they knew who he was and they knew who to look for. And then some other passenger, um, from what I've read, it was another passenger on BART who saw him on BART the next day. Um, and then he was arrested. So, um, We just really, it's just, you know, violence, violence just spreads um, to more than its initial victims. There was, you know, another woman on the train who had her baby in a stroller and had, you know, gave one of the baby blankets to the sister so that she could dress her wound. And so you think about the trauma, the ripple effect of trauma that comes from a violent act and, um, you know, I think the whole the whole Bay Area community is saddened by this um, this tragedy, this seemingly random act of violence. Uh, there had been apparently been no um, 
interaction between these sisters who are coming from some family event and this man this who attacked them and um you know it, it just it it makes everybody feel a little bit unsafe and um the only thing that i find uh, a little bit uh, encouraging is uh, the outpouring of the communities to come together um and and to demand justice and to um you know make sure that people are aware of their surroundings and of each other and make sure that um you know, justice is served in the moment and maybe even in the long 